Hello and welcome to our next episode of Staying Fit ODAT. My name is Migs and I'm going to be your host. ODAT is an acronym standing for one day at a time. This is a Facebook community that started a little over a year ago with just a few people. Now over 400 deep, all sharing recovery stories, experience, strength, and hope, as well as their next uh, healthy and fitness goals. Uh, Today, we're going to have Henry Ainsley. Henry runs on behalf of Men's Suicide Awareness. After some troublesome stories that hit him, which he'll talk about, uh, he decided to take action and wanted to spring in setting some phenomenal long-distance running goals and just doing some things that some people would never even dream of doing, uh, let alone to find out what he's actually accomplishing. So this is going to be our first international interview as Henry is channeling in from England and I'm here in Pennsylvania. So enjoy this episode and let's bring him on in. Hello and welcome on to the episode. Henry, how are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. I'm great today. It's good. Today's a good day. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I know you're, uh, we, we have you. This is our first international guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Henry is joining us from across the pond, as they like to say. Uh, just going to be a little corny there. <laughs> but uh, Henry, why don't you tell us exactly who you are and exactly where you are from? So, so my name's Henry Ainsley and... Uh, I'm a 48-year-old male, and I live, I'm originally from the north of England, uh, Yorkshire, uh, God's country as they call it, but I now uh, reside uh, just below London, Brighton in England. Gotcha. And that's, uh, I think you have, um, there's, there's, there's a few hours of a time difference. I know this, uh, we've been trying to line up this interview for a while, and it just hasn't lined up. Um, no. but, uh, yeah, I, I think it should be what five thirty over there ish. It is approximately five thirty Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, and it's, it's only 1230 here in Pennsylvania. So we got a, we got a nice five hour gap, but, um, definitely thank you for taking the time for being with us today. Um, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. Um, but before we go into, into everything and the reason why you're here today, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your childhood and upbringing and, uh, you know, what things in, in England, what that's like. Uh, so, so as, as a child, as a child, I had, a, I had quite a strange upbringing, uh, quite a traumatic upbringing. So um, I, I was born into an Irish family of nine, Irish mum and Irish dad. Um, we, um, we had, um, I'm just trying to work out now, four brothers, five sisters. Um, unfortunately, um, one of my sisters uh, passed away at age four. Um, she, uh, she, had, um, she was in school one day and she, uh, had, uh, she swallowed drawing pins and died uh, at age four. So that was quite a traumatic uh, thing for us to cope with. Um, and how old were you yeah, at that I mean, time? Say that again, sorry. How old were you? Uh, to be honest, to be honest, I, I mean, backtrack on that. She was, she was, she was, she was older than me, so I never knew her. But okay. growing up, this this was a a traumatic experience to to deal with, and Absolutely. and what happened. I mean, I was I was uh, the young the youngest of the nine. Um, I was a keen footballer. Um, 
keen runner. Uh, very, yeah, just, very athletic. Uh, just to, I just want to stop you there for a second to, re- to remind our listeners. Now, uh, we're, we're talking about in England. So when he says footballer, um, he's, he's not talking about our American football field. He's talking about <laughs> soccer, what I like to call the greatest sport on the planet, the real football. Just, just to be clear to everybody out there. Yeah. So yeah, soccer. Sorry, sorry about that. It's been very, <laughs> I'm very Yorkshire lad. Um, uh, even though I support a Lancashire team. So yeah, uh, played football most of my life. Rat run. Um, had 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 not so good upbringing. Uh, very. Uh, um, I was brought up by my father. And my mother and my father was a very violent man. Uh, physical. Uh, Physically uh, and and sexually, if I'm going to be honest, um, so we suffered a lot of trauma trauma in his lives. Um, life was not normal. Um, I, I do I remember certain times going to school and be spat at, you know, walking at school because of what happened. And we was children, so um, f- from an early age, we never knew anything other than that. You know, it was. It was a massive. Um, it was a massive piece in the national newspaper, um, and, and and people treat us like lepers, even though you know we were children that had been abused physically or or sexually. Uh, so yeah, it was very very hard times growing up, uh, which which is what makes me so tough and um, not not frightened of anything, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, I mean we spent most of his life. My my eldest sister ended up uh, having a nervous breakdown because of what had happened, and uh, yeah, uh, so she she never lived a normal life, and and she still doesn't now. She sort of spent a lot of time in 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 recovery type places. So yeah, uh, so yeah, we it, our normal wasn't normal if if that makes sense, but we knew no different. Uh, makes that makes a lot of sense and and you know it it really it really hits home because even though you're so so far away it just reminds myself and I think all of our listeners out there um, that it doesn't matter where you are in the world you know these problems aren't problems that just happen at home they don't just happen in our neighborhood Um, these aren't just things that happen to us so for anybody out there struggling um, you know, you have people thousands of miles away from you that are dealing with the same thing, um, that are getting ready to open up and share their story. So that way you don't have to feel alone anymore. Um, so with that being said, um, I think it's really, really cool. Henry, you are one of the newer members of the group. Um, you were just telling me before we started recording that you were invited by some friends, um, because you do a lot of inspiring things, um, and, and that is so cool. And I, I am mind blown by the stuff I saw. Um, I reached out to you immediately. I wanted to get you on this podcast because some of the challenges that you've done and some of the stuff that you have coming up are just unbelievable. And I'm speaking very, very vaguely right now because I'm like leaving this like a surprise to let out of the bag when we talk about the stuff you've done and what you're going to be doing um, when we get to that part of the episode. Um, but before we do, um, I just want to give a little. Uh, I want to give a little bit more um, insight to our listeners on who Henry Ainsley is. Um, he is the bearded runner. 
if you could see him right now, he's all swagged out. He's got his sweater and his hat on right now. Um, somewhere in there, I think there's a face. It's hard to see because it goes hat <laughs> and then beard. Um, and there's yeah. like eyes. There's eyes in there. I, <laughs> but um, so uh, he runs on behalf of suicide awareness. Um, and he's going to go ahead and share his story on why he's doing that and why that hits so hard for him. Um, but suicide awareness is something that hits really, really personally for me as well. Um, I lost my uncle uh, when I was 18 or 19 years old. So about 15 years ago, my uncle battled with addiction um, and he, he couldn't win and he took his own life and he was like a father figure in my life and it really, really hurt me. It really, really bothered me and it messed me up for a while. Um, and I don't like to put blame or anything, but when I got to step four, I realized there was a lot of uncovered stuff I had for my uncle. Um, but anyway, once I saw what your cause was and what you were running for, um, I immediately wanted to get you on here because I just, I, I knew that I, I wanted to hear your story and I knew the world would need to hear your story. Um, so, so Henry, why don't you go ahead and tell us, tell us why you run for suicide awareness. So, um, so backtrack, uh, six years ago, um, uh, it, it sort of, I was in a 22 year marriage. Um, this is the only way I can really say it because it all, it all comes, it's all part of, um, all part of the circle. So I was in a 22 year marriage with uh, very abusive. Um, uh, I had five children, five lovely children. Um, and um, I, there was an incident happened where there was an element of doubt of, um, and this will come full circle, that my wife had had an affair with my brother-in-law. And um, anyway, my brother took, my brother, one of my brothers took my brother-in-law's side and I took my wife's side. And um, for three years, we didn't speak to each other, me and my eldest brother, and we was, we was great friends. And um, we used to walk past each other in the street because of this situation. And uh, one night, uh, two o'clock in the morning, we got a knock on the door to say that my brother had hung himself, um, which is, it might as well be yesterday because it, it, it doesn't change anything. Uh, it's just the same feeling when I, when I speak about it. Um, and, uh, and just four months before, my uncle, who was the life and soul of the party, great, great person, uh, he hung himself as well. Um, so in that year, I had, I had two, two, two deaths by hanging. And I had my sister-in-law, who'd never been ill in her life, uh, go to brush her teeth in the bathroom. And she, uh, she had a brain hemorrhage and, and, and passed away in the bathroom. And then on top of that, I, um, I, I, I had a good friend who committed suicide that was a, a, a top boxer. Um, so I, uh, if I backtrack... I was living in, in, in Yorkshire and my wife had moved down to Brighton. So I was traveling every week up and down the country, which was a 500 mile round trip. Um, and 
obviously well, when I, when what had happened to my brother and everything, I fell into a cycle of just like self-abuse, um, not liking myself, um, suffering from survivor's guilt. Um, and then it got to a point where I was that drained and that tired and not sleeping and not eating properly and not looking after myself. I just, I just got to a point where it was easier to take my life than, 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 than fight this big black uh, cloud, this pit of darkness, this, this horrible, horrible feeling that, you know, um, I, I try to explain to people because I do a lot, a lot of talking to people now and a lot of helping people. And someone asked me the day, how did you feel? I said, you, you would never know how I feel. I said, because you're not, never going to be in that situation or hopefully you never are. And it only takes someone that's been in that situation to realise um, what you're feeling and how imbalanced you feel and how you can't sleep and how you're eating crap foods. And, and, and these things are all conducive to your, you know, your mental state. And... My sister, this is the easiest way to say it. My sister ran my wife up, uh, who was in the south, and I was up north. And, and she said, you better get and see him, or he will not be alive tomorrow. And um, I was in an abusive relationship, and, and, and lots of things happened within me having a massive breakdown. You know, she stole all my money. Uh, she did silly stuff. Uh, but that's by the by now, that's happened. Um, so I had a massive, massive, massive nervous breakdown and I was actually doing dry runs to commit suicide. And um, the only way I can explain this to, to you is I had, I had two thought processes. I had my father, who I classed as a monster on one shoulder, and I have my son, who was one of the best runners in England, on, on the other shoulder. And he, t my son tipped me away from committing suicide um, and I cried and I cried and I cried and I I never took any tablets I never took any antidepressants I I literally got out of my pit every day not wanting to be alive and I ran and what we've run with running with running it was um, I was trying to describe to someone the other day and I I, I tried to describe as drug a medicated drug compared to running and, and 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 for me the medicated drug puts a wall up and stops you from committing suicide whereas whereas the running helps you run through that wall and it gives you the it gives you the endorphins and you know life and everything out there gives you everything that you need to make yourself better and and it's it's took six years to get myself back on up to where I am now. Wow. And they, they say runners have to, you know, they, they say when people are running a marathon that, you know, around a certain mile, you hit a wall and it, it sounds like you yourself, you have to run through multiple walls. 18 um, miles it is. Yeah. And, and it sounds like you, ha you have multiple walls that you have to get through, um, you know, mentally and physically. So it's, that was just, Man, just I, I just got chills just listening to you talk about that. That is just un, unbelievable. It's it's no surprise that you would want to just get out there immediately and and start running on behalf of of such an important cause. Um, 
and something that you know it it affects so many people and it's it's just so scary because there's so many people out there who just think that um suicide is the only way they think that there are no more options they think that you know uh, it's better off without them and there's just so many thoughts that runs through one's mind um i i can't say and i think i actually mentioned this on the last episode um like i said my my uncle hung himself so because i was 18 or 19 years old when that happened for me because I had children so young and I saw how my cousins were affected by that. For me, I told myself that no matter what I do, no matter how bad life gets, I, I can never take my life because I couldn't do that to my children. I couldn't do that to my family um, to see how they were affected. And, and so I always told myself I'd power through that, but you know, some people don't get a chance to see that firsthand. Um, and I think some people, you know, just, they, they can't, they can't fight that battle, but I've, I've also said countless times, and this is the part I think I mentioned on the last episode, although I would never attempt to actually um, take my own life, there was quite a few times when I was actively using where things were so bad, where I think I kind of put myself in situations where I kind of didn't care or didn't mind if something would have happened that night. Like if, if, if it was a snowstorm, maybe I would go out and I would drive in that snowstorm on the highway. Maybe I would do the speed limit. Um, because I'm not going to go kill myself, but maybe if that's how it happened, at least in the paper, it won't read a suicide. And, you know, in my mind, that's how I thought it was another way out as well. It was just, it's, it's just a crazy place to be in. Um, but that's, that's, yes, go ahead, please. Sorry, sorry. I mean, for me, uh, you know, this, this journey has been so impactive. It's made me grow as a person. It's made me realize that, you know, people gravitate, you know, towards me. I've been doing a lot with the children at the school just to um, give them a role model on, on, on how, how food and how fitness is so important to your second brain, which is your stomach, and how, how you know, ADHD and stuff work and how it's very closely linked to foods and, you know, and my analogy to people is, and, and people say to me, you know, why am I feeling like this? I say, right, you buy yourself a Ferrari. I said, you spend all your hard money on it. He said, yeah. I went, would, put, would you put crap fuel in it? He said, no, no, because it's a Ferrari. I went, well, your body's a Ferrari, so why would you put shit in it? Why would you put crap in it? Yeah. Uh, sorry for my French. No, no. They sort of get it and, and, and you know, you know, and I know I spoke to you about Dan Lawson. Dan Lawson's, uh, you know, an ultra marathon runner that I run with. He's the he's the best in the world six day, you know, eventer. He he's just broke the world record for Lands End to John O'Groats. And I spend time with him, and he's so spiritual, and and we connect on so many different levels. And he said something the other day, and I still find this really hard to to get my mind around. He actually rings me up to run with him. And, and we're talking about someone who's in, incredible. And I got chatting to him the other day and he said, I said to him, I said, you know, fa- thanks for letting me come and run with you. And no, thank you for letting me come run with you. I said, why? He went, you don't know how much of an impact you have on people. He said, you have a massive impact on me. He said, he said I'm not a motivator. He said, you're a motivator. He said, you get people doing things they don't believe they can do. 
and um, I was so taken back and it, it, it was like my Olympic moment having this conversation with him and he he has such an, a massive 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 impact on my life and um and he gives me all this time and it, it costs nothing and you know such an amazing person and and through this journey I, through this journey i've got to say um i set out on this journey and i was a really angry person and i was really angry because in england suicide well in the world it's the biggest epidemic other than covid so in England at the moment, I mean, statistics. It's, big, it's bigger than COVID because there's there's no vaccine. So it's, no, I mean, it, it was here no. way, it was here way before COVID. Um, well, I guess there is a vaccine, maybe maybe love, awareness. Um, really? you know, it depends on which way you want to look at it, but it was definitely here before COVID and it will definitely be here after. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I often get stopped in the road. I mean, people people don't talk to me as Henry the carpenter. They, 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 they call everywhere I go, they go, the bearded runner. And, you know, and, and it's quite funny how people talk and they say, Do you know, we went out to a town so-and-so uh, away from us and, and we went into a pub and someone at the bar were talking about the bearded runner. And uh, it, it's... Bit, from some from someone who's lived in the shadows for you know near enough 38 years to come out of that shadows and feel the brightness is is been nothing short of incredible you know this journey this journey for me is just uh, just started and for me I, i'm at base camp on uh, on everest but i am going to climb uh, the mountain and uh, i'm going to bring people with me and and that that is my mission in life, I had three things when I was growing up because I wanted to control my life. I wanted to have my own house, my own business and be a millionaire by 21. And uh, <laughs> I, don't follow, I don't follow money no more. I don't follow money because for me, happiness, I know it's a cliche, but, you know, my mum always says, you know, equate your success by how many people stand around your coffin when it's buried. She's, uh, and she was a wise old woman. She said, you know, there's no pockets in shroud. She said, you can be the richest man on the planet, but the loneliest and sad, saddest person. And you know, before she passed, she looked at me and my mum was a very strong woman, very strong Irish woman. And she's, she, before she passed, she just, she just looked at me. She went, you're doing, you're doing what you need to do. For me, that was massive. And for me, it's making me emotional now. I'm nearly crying. But, you know, in, in everything I do now, my mum is still involved in it. I've just completed an ultra marathon in memory of my mum. And I just picked the hardest route I possibly could um, and, and ran 34 miles. And 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 what I did was um, I picked, um, anyone that knows, in England, the biggest place for suicide is Beachhead. It's um, the Jurassic Coast. And people just get a bus there and then they jump off the cliffs. Uh, that was that was my ultra marathon uh, on Boxing Day. So now I watched um, this. This might sound ridiculous, but maybe I'm picturing this cliff. I recently just watched uh, a show that was it was like a crime show based in England. And it was they, they tried to do a suicide. But um, you ever hear the show Broadchurch? No, no. They have. Um, what's that? 
I'll look. I'll look it up though. I'll look. There's it up. a there's a massive cliff, and I wonder if like I don't. I just like based off of what you're saying, I wonder if that's the same cliff, and I wonder if it's like, you know, why they used it in that show because there's there's a there's a a, a scene in there, and it's like <laughs> a, a a massive cliff, like right over the sand, right on the, right on the beach. Yeah, this 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 could be. It's called the Jurassic Coast. Is that? I mean, it's it's basically in between the Channel from 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 France to England um, and, and and they have pastors on there every day purely and simply because there's that many people that commit suicide off there. It's actually very, very beautiful place. So I picked that for my ultramarathon run. Uh, that's, that's so sad that people, uh, that, that it's like just pretty much known for that, but it's, it's really cool that you chose that route to again, to, to bring positivity there so we can think about something else. So now you don't got to think about um, someone, someone jumping off that cliff, but we can think about uh, the bearded runner uh, running up that cliff and just conquering and coming back down it. And that's, that's the kind of story that we need to remember when we think of those places, because we need to associate positive things and let's, let's try and just like, and, you know, just keep raising people up because that's what you're doing. Um, and I definitely want to go ahead and agree with your training partner, uh, Dan. He is definitely right. You are inspiring people. You are motivating people. And the reason you're doing that is because you run like a bearded maniac. You, you the, the things you do, your challenges, which um, I tried to hold off a little bit longer, but I can't just because it's so fun to talk about. And it, it's just so cool. Um, but let's let's tell our listeners some of the stuff that our buddy Henry, the bearded runner, has done. Um, so... Uh, most recently, and and definitely feel free to cut me off at any point, but the two challenges that I saw are the most recent that he completed, which was 52 half marathons in 52 weeks. That's running a half marathon every week, people. That's insane. I mean, you can do like the mileage. That's not crazy. People do that, but he's actually running at race every weekend and, and he's raising awareness and he's out there with his kit and um, I don't know if Nike sponsors you, but if not, we're going to pick you up a sponsor because we hopefully people are listening to this episode because you're just out there doing such cool things. Um, and then now, right now, this crazy, crazy man is training to do 32 marathons in 32 days. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, and I, I definitely want you to go ahead and just like Tell us about everything, how it was running the 52 and 52, what it's going to be like to train to do 32 and 32. And that's a huge gap. You're talking about a half marathon every week to a full marathon every day. Um, and and just to give our listeners, and, and I'll, I'll shut up after this and let you go, but to give our listeners just a little bit more context, um, I told my wife about this interview last night, how excited I was to do this. Um, and when I told her uh, 32 marathons and 30, when I told her the 52 and 52, it didn't completely blow her mind because she knows like the way I train, she's like, that wouldn't surprise her if I tried to do some shit like that. Um, but when I told her about 32 and 32 and she goes, how much, how much mileage is that? And I said, yeah, that's 860 miles in 32 days. And I said, that is 30 or a uh, 600 uh, I believe it was like 600 and some miles in 30 days. And I told her to give her hindsight because she sees how much I run and how many hours I spend. I told her, I said, just this month, I did 160 miles. That is the most I've ever done in a month. And you're getting ready to do 
832 days. That is insane. So go ahead and tell us about all of this. And wow, go ahead, blow our minds. So, so if if if, if we backtrack, if we backtrack just a, a slight a slight bit to obviously when I come out of my breakdown and I started running, um, I I end. I ended up going into a, a private gym and uh, with eight guys uh, and trained with them. And these guys were all businessmen, millionaires, and 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 um, just the thirty-second thing here—they're all businessmen, millionaires. And I trained with them in this gym, and they all turned around to me, and and I was overweight. I was I was morbidly obese, and they all said. You are the person that gives us the grounding. You are the person that makes sense of life to us. And, and from that day, I brought, I brought the cycle of abuse with my wife and I started training. Now I started training and obviously I was, I was getting, uh, oh, you know, you can't run, you're fat, you can't do this. But I was determined because if anyone knew me, mum, they know how determined I am. I will not be beaten. So I set on this journey, I was... 15 and a half stone, um, you know, size 40 waist, uh, couldn't run a mile. Bearing in mind, when I was younger, I was a schoolboy champion, one of the best in England. Uh, but obviously life had life had moved on by then. So coming out of my massive nervous breakdown, I started running, I started running, and then I started to get the love back for running. And then I started to show certain shape and traits in my body and uh, started building what I would class as putting my foundations in to build my castle and then I said to someone um, I said to someone an off the cuff comment I said I'm going to run 52 half marathons this year and they went you're not in any shape to run 52 marathons I said but I'm going to do it <laughs> I said be my determination and um what I've got to say in this, and I've not brought her up, my girlfriend, Sue, who's been the most amazing, inspiring person that gives me everything I need every day to be the best I possibly can. She is much more than I can ever be because she's the one who gives me them tools to, to be the best I can. So for me, she's the biggest thing in my life to make my life where it's going now. So shout out so to we, the, to the women that hold us down our rocks, you know, same thing without, absolutely. without my wife, I couldn't put in the training that I do to try and do the stuff that I do and to, to try and build the community that I'm trying to build right now. My wife holds it down at home with our, with our youngest son. And so shout out to the real ones out there that hold it up. So that way people like us can do things for, for other people out there in the world. Absolutely. For every good man, there's always a great woman behind them. Yes. Behind every king it. is a queen brother. That's the one. So yeah, so so we turned up at this first race event in Victoria Park in London, and um, I I I ran out and I ran two or five half marathon, and uh, I felt like I was going to die. I, I was I was I was being sick. I was collapsing, and I thought I've got another fifty one of these to do. And that was a two or five. You said, sorry. A two or five half marathon. That's still that's still impressive. I I just and, and again to give more context, I've been training, 
busting my ass. I'm doing what I can do. And I just broke a PR. I just ran my first sub two of a 158 last month. This guy just comes in from out of shape and just clips off a 205. And he's getting, he's only about to get better. So keep this in mind, people. This guy, all right, go, continue. So, so, so every, every, every week, my, my nutrition and my training got better. And I started to believe in myself and I started to, I started to, um, I started to build myself and, and start look like an athlete. Um, and then every week, it, the, you know, the, the running got bigger, the charity got bigger, you know, people who said they were going to help me moved away because they was just talking about it. People who I didn't, um, I didn't expect to come in. I got a lot of interest and I still got a lot of interest and a lot of followers from the British Army, uh, you know, ex-servicemen in America who were struggling. So, so every week I got better and I got better and uh, the, 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 the mongrel in me, because I've got loads of mongrel in me, uh, I wanted to run personal bests every week. I'm, a, I'm one, of my, one of my friends who's an elite athlete, who's a 115 half marathon runner. He said to me, he said, listen, he said, you cannot run a personal best every week. He said, no one can run a personal best every week. So he said, why don't you run a couple of 155s and then, then save yourself for one week and then do your best. So he, he come out and paced me. Um, and um, on my 48th run, I ran a personal best 140. Oh, 140. So, um, wow. and now I, now I believe in my training, I, I, I'm going to try a one-off 135 half marathon. Um, and that might be uh, that that I might save that till the Great North from probably the best run on the planet. It's uh, such an amazing event. That's so yeah, still so insane though. One forty. That's that's unbelievable. That is that is faster than that is faster than pace for for Boston qualifying for for uh, for you. Yeah, and and do you know what? And I'll, I'll you know going back and just a bit about my training. I, I always speak to people on training and pe people train with watches and I don't train with watches. I call it naked running. Um, I only use the watch for distance. I don't look at timing. I don't look at pacing. I run how my body feels and uh, because watch pressure can be really, really draining. Uh, and I always tell people, keep hydrated, you know, keep, keep stretching and sleep well and everything else takes care of the self. You know, if you're training and you're doing the right things, um, you will get to where you want to do. And um, just uh, what you don't know is I did run, I actually run, I didn't run 52 half marathons, I run 54 half marathons. Uh, oh. oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to sell you short. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I, I don't publicise it because it was a 52-week challenge. And what I will say about this, I, I, I know... I know I've gone out as a bearded runner, male suicide awareness, PTSD and mental health. But in all this, you know, I don't want anyone to think that this has just been about male suicide. This has been far from that. This has been this has been life changing for people, you know, ladies, young, young women who've been taking their lives. Um, purely and simply, I went for male suicide because of obviously the traumas that went on in my life. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, for me, for me, I'm in the best shape of my life, mentally, physically. You know, in them dark days when when I was when I was coming out of that, I can't describe it because it's so painful. Is is how it felt. I only had a, a belief that I'd get better. I, I never, in fact, I struggled to see myself back to being feeling normal. And now what I will say, and I will say to anyone that's listening, um, I don't recognise that person. That person's gone. He left. You know, that person, that person got put away. And, and, and now as a person, I, I feel that I've got, all the tools to um, help help anyone. And I think a lot of people come across and say to me, you know, I might say something stupid in a video that I posted, like, you know, it might be thunder and lightning and I might go, well, no one's died of thunder and lightning and someone will message me and go, actually, they have. And it's quite, <laughs> a, funny, it's quite a funny thing. And it's just because I'm saying it from the heart. It's not a scripted, you know, message. You know, someone said to me, because I'm dyslexic or slightly dyslexic, some, someone messaged me and told me I had a spelling mistake on what I was doing. And I was like, if you're really going to look at my spelling mistakes and not look at the message that I'm going to send, send it out, yeah. it, it's quite, there's, what you've got to realise as well in this is there's been a lot of haters. Of course, so there's my, always going to be. Yeah, you know, people saying to me, why don't you just not bother and just put the money into a pot and give it to a charity? Well, if we all don't bother, humanity and mankind is doomed, isn't it? So I I did bother and I got out there, you know, and, I, and I, you know, when my races were cancelled and I carried on with it, you know, I had a bit of a tantrum, thought my challenge was over. But then I thought, no, it's not over. This is going to make the challenge. This is who I'm about. This is where I'm going, you know, I can turn up to organised events, but why Why don't I organise my own event? So in what I was doing, what I was doing, and I know I talk a lot, I'm sorry, I do talk a lot. That's why you're um, here, brother. I I, I, um, I, set, I set out a challenge within my half marathons, and there's another thing you don't know, I have been doing ultra marathons in between my challenge as well. So <laughs> <laughs> just, just to throw a bit more on the pot, uh, so, so I wanted to I wanted to honour the armed forces and 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 the fallen, and, and you know the people who are suffering from PTSD and which a lot a lot of ex armed forces do. I suffer from PTSD myself. Um, so I took on the um, I, I don't I don't know if you, I don't know if you've come across it, but uh, I, I took on the SAS seventy kilometre. Um, topping out run. Not so familiar. it's basically so the SES, the SES, their 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 last their last um, their last session to pass the SES is over Dartmoor, and it's a seventy mile, seventy kilometer run or yomp. But to honour to honour the military, I I got up at two o'clock in the morning and took on seventy kilometers uh, in one go. And it was the hottest day of the year. And me, me being redhead, me being redheaded, I struggled, but I got it done. Um, so yeah. So that, 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 that was this year's challenge. Um, and then so with all of this, 
with all of this, did you indeed, have you picked up any sponsorships? Is anyone helping you out? Because I can only imagine how much money it costs to do all of, to, to, to get into all of this and, and, you know, do as much as you're doing. I think, I think, I think, I think what you've got to, and I'm going to say this in the nicest possible way, um, but it's an honest and full way. All the big businesses, they, they rubber stamp things. So they basically go, yeah, we've touched on that. Now we can move on to the next thing. And, and it's, it's always, I don't know if it's the same in, in the USA, but it always seems like the celebrities, you know, there's been a celebrity over here who's, who's run seven marathons and he's been knighted and he made over two million pounds and he's an ex-rugby player. Um, people like me are only followed by people who suffer. You know, and anyone that wants to get on board with me at the moment, you know, I, I'll give you a typical instance. And I live next door to a Channel 4 reporter and he said to me, he said, he said when you get some credibility... This is, was his words. When you get some credibility, I will interview you. I said, okay, then. He said, come back to me when you've done 10 half marathons. I said, you don't believe I'm going to do this challenge, do you? He went, come back to me when you've done. And he's banding all these famous names out. I can get you on breakfast TV. I can get you on this morning TV program. Um, I did 20 and I come back to him. I said, you know, can you do it for me? He said, oh, I'm busy. I said, no, what it is, is I said, you like to hear your own voice. You don't actually believe what you're saying, do you? And he goes, he goes, why are you being like that? I said, well, no, I'm Northern. I say it how it is. I said, you, you didn't believe I was going to do this challenge. And now I've put it on your toes and you don't know what to do. And he's like, and I said to him, I said, I'm not being funny. I said, but I'm going to do this without you. I said, I don't need you. I don't need to get you dragging and screaming to do something for me. I said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to touch the people who really need to be done, to, to be touched. I said, you know, I've come across loads of famous people. Uh, I'm going to ban the name now, Sally Gunnell, who, who was Olympic, European, Commonwealth and English sprint champion. Olympic gold medal champion. Wow. She lives, she lives three miles from me. And she's famous. She's famous on Instagram. And, you know, she's doing this. And, and I, I was out one night and I got chatting to her and she said to me, she said, I will do everything for you. Anything you want, I will do for you. And I messaged her a few times and I just thought, do you know what? It's just words. It's just a one sentence. And she didn't want to do it. So my dogmatic approach was like, do you know what? I don't need a celebrity. I don't need someone. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be that person that is relevant to the people who are suffering, not someone that they're going to roll out and band out as, oh, you know, I'm going to use this because I use this all the time. Oh, Johnny Smith, the, you know, this guy, he's famous and he's suffering from mental health problems. And then they make a program about him. I'm sort of sick of that approach because it it's not real, and and I want to come across because I am real. A hundred percent. And that and, and that and that's where I'm going now. So for every for me, I, I'm a ha I'm a glass half full guy. 
I'm, I, I, I don't, I get down, but the next day I get up bigger and stronger. And I think of ways of, for me, life's life, things happen for a reason. And you never, ever should look back on what happened. It should make you stronger and it should, it should give you the tools. You know, I come across people who, who said to me when I'm doing my work, oh, I'm down to my last £100,000 and I'm depressed. And I said, you don't know about depression, but everyone's got levels. You know, they might have a million pound house and stuff like that. And I say, you know, when you go out and you talk to people and you see what pe what's happening with people, and, and how they're struggling, take a hard look at that and just go, I'm very, very fortunate here. You know, I'm fortunate I've got a house, I've got a lovely girlfriend, I can put food on the table. For me, that's my platform to help people. And, Absolutely. And, and, and this year's this year, and this year, I've made so many mistakes on, on, on my approach on where I'm going. And, and, but it's a learning curve for me. And, and the next challenge, which we're going to come into now, is, is going to be much bigger and it's going to be much better because I've learned from what people need from me. And um, I know you touched on how hard was the 52 half marathons. Now, I'm going to be controversial here. I, I, found, them, I found the half marathons fairly easy. Um, because I'm a strong mindset. What I found very, very difficult was, was the emotional outbursts of people who had lost their loved ones, who needed to cuddle me, needed to be around me. I almost give them the link to their loved ones, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that, that, that was a very, very difficult, you know, very difficult, you know, because we're socially, you know, social distancing. And for me, if someone needs a cuddle and they're suffering at that time and they want, I'm going to put my arms around someone, whether it be social distance. If they need me at that time, I'm going to give them everything I need. You know, on, on, on social media, you know, people messaging me saying, oh, you're not socially distanced. And I'm like, that person needed me. You know, you know what it is to lose a loved one and, and to be in a state of levitation where, you 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 don't know what to do with yourself and and they look at me and they go you are the person that understands me and and it can be a, it can be a massive emotional you know you know yourself you've been down that road that we hold things in until the point where the dam busts and all the emotions overflow this is what happens with people and this is why with the with my next challenge, um, what people don't know realize as well is as part of the fifty-two half marathon challenge was fifty-two was not to cut my hair and my beard for fifty-two weeks as well. So I didn't. I only had a short uh, beard at the start of this, and I had really really short hair. Uh, so that was part of another challenge. But moving forward for the the uh, thirty-two marathons in 32 days so it's quite a well-known challenge in england uh, not many people have done it a lot of people have cycled it because it's such a tough challenge is to run from the top of scotland to the bottom of england which is john o'groats to land's end so the most northerly
place in England to the most novelly place in Scotland to the most novelly place in 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 um, southernly place in 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 um, England. I feel so like there's a is, documentary out there. I think I seen something uh, a documentary on on one of the on on that on that race now that you when you say it as the northern the northern and southernest most part of england when you say it that way i feel like i've seen that race somewhere yeah i mean a few people um typically instance someone messaged me the other week and went couldn't, couldn't you pick something original loads of people have done it this 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 and and, I, and my response was if there's 70 million people in england and less than 100 people have completed it not a lot of people have done it yeah for real just because you heard about it doesn't mean that people have done it. About, done it. There's a difference between yeah, hearing about and, it and doing it. You know, and and this this for me is an unknown. This is a frightening, frightening opposite. You know, this is a frightening proposition for me is to run 32 marathons in 32 days. But if I believe in who I am and I say who I am and I've got the backing of the real people, i.e. the people who need me, then I'm going to smash this challenge. Absolutely. I don't think there's anybody that doubts that. Yeah. I know I got faith in you, brother. You're getting it done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. And, you know, and I said to someone the other day and uh, I said, if I've got to crawl, I'm going to do it. I will do it. But what I'm going to do is as well is I'm because because me in my in my way, this this challenge is going to be called Mending Fences. And, and, and this is my idea of from what I've seen in, in my 52 half marathon challenges and we've just touched on it about the people who need me. So every charity in every town I run through, I'm going to ask a charity to pick someone that needs my help and I'm going to go into their house and I'm going to help them with a job. And uh, I'm going to use my, because I'm uh, not many people know, but I am a master carpenter. Yeah. So um but i also do a lot of other stuff so i just thought it was it's a really good way of 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 breaking down barriers and what i want to do as well is i want i want to pick people or, or pa everyone can run with me but maybe 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 pick someone in a town that wants to come and and, and run with me and pick 32 people uh and, and really uh, it's quite, it's quite funny because when I set off on this, I had the concept of Forrest Gump. And someone said to me, you're not Forrest Gump, you're the bearded runner. You know, and, and, but what always resonates with me is when, when Forrest Gump runs and, and every day someone else comes behind him and someone else believes in him. And, and, and I feel that that's where, where we're going with this journey because this is just going to be part of you know, so many links and so many hubs around the country where I've got the ex-army that want to do stuff with me. I've got people down here that are now training to run, run in my last half marathon. People who have suffered very, very badly, who are now did Red January and now have run their first half marathon because they're inspired by what I'm doing. Yeah, so, Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're inspiring I mean, people literally all over the world. I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't take long for you to be in, in this community, in this group for, for me to see what you were doing to immediately want to get you on here to just share this message because 
you are indeed inspiring everybody. Um, and with that being said, I also want to take a minute to, to point back on some things that were touched on earlier um, and using your neighbor as a perfect example. I mean, all of these big box companies, like you said, they kind of like they already did their their thing for that cause. It kind of already they already checked that box. Like you said, they already rubber stamped it and moved it on. Um, and, and to be clear to people out there, you know, to those big box companies, to those to those billionaires that have it, to to the neighbors that work for the news companies, you know, I wanted to be very clear to them. Um, we don't need you guys. We're not asking you guys to run for us. We're not asking you guys to bike for us. We're not asking you to do any of that. We're not asking you guys, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're the ones putting in the work. Um, we're going to do these challenges regardless. You know, if we ask you to, to, if we can feature on for an interview, it's not because if you don't interview me, I'm not going to run. I'm still going to go do this challenge, but these people have an opportunity. They have a platform to put us out there so that way other people can see what's going on. So that way it's not just the people that follow us immediately on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter, but now we can get their followers to see what's going on because they might need help or their friends or their family might be the ones that need help that need that, that motivation, that inspiration. And so to be clear to anybody out there that's listening, that has that opportunity who just thought, you know, now isn't the right time for a business move you know, take a second and put your business aside and just think about maybe you can save a life um, and just use your use your platform to to embrace those that are using their platform. You know, we're we're not rich. We're not millionaires, but we we put our bodies through. Excuse my language. I don't care. We cur we put our bodies through fucking hell so that way we can send a message to those that are putting their bodies through hell in a different reason. So that way the sick and still suffering, the people that are still using drugs, the people that are still drinking, the person who's sitting there with a bottle of pills in their hand or, or a weapon next to them too close and they're thinking about doing something. And, and to everybody out there who feels like they don't have a way out, we are doing these things to make them know that they do and that people out there care and that people out there are listening and that they can have a hug, they can catch some love. So for people out there, again, if you're listening, if you have a chance to help someone, help someone, use your platform and help someone, however that may be. Um, with that being said, um, Mr. Bearded Runner, do you want to let us into a little bit? Do you do you have do you have a, a run coach? I know you said you do stuff freely. Do you want to let us into a little bit of uh, your training plan without without giving us too many secrets? <laughs> so training plan at the moment is. I'm obviously running in September, late September. I'm, I'm going to do the running late September. So at the moment, what I'm doing is now is, um, and pe some people overtrain, a lot of people overtrain. They, they overtrain through fear of not, not achieving. And sometimes overtraining is the worst thing you can do. So at the moment now, I am, I'm taking it easy. So I'm... I, I, it's all relevant here, and I know people will go, bloody hell, you're running fast. Uh, so I'm running six days a week at the moment, um, one day off. Dan Lawson, the ultramarathon runner, tells me uh, in a month I shouldn't be taking any time off. So he, uh, he said what I'm doing at the moment's correct. So I'm running, I'm running six miles every night, um, and I'm running six miles in... in I mean, it's not relevant, but I'm running like a 50-minute six-miler, 10K, um, just having a jog out, um, spending time that's, on my legs. That's funny. Your, your jog 
your jog is four minutes faster than my PR. I just want to put that out there. People, he's jogging a 50-minute 10K, and I just six weeks ago ran a 54-minute 10K for a PR. So, again, well, I'll tell you, putting- I, t- I tell you what, right? I, t- I tell you what, I'll, I'll make you this promise. I'll get you under 50 if, if, and I'll give you a training plan to get on that. And I'm, you'll I'm with- do it easily. I, I will say, although although I don't want to turn down a training plan from the bearded runner, because I will take any and all advice from you. Um, I will say that I, I did bring on a run coach who has been, she's been helping me do some amazing things. We've already brought oh, down. Yeah, she, we've already brought down some PRs. Um, and, and again, too, and, and to this, this is a, a good way of bringing this up to people as well, too. You know, if you're the person out there running, um, a 50 minute 10k or a 54 minute 10k or a 60 minute 10k or a two hour 10k if that's what it takes um the point is you got out there and you ran a 10k so to be He's clear regardless we're not we're not saying that you're only good if you run a certain time right now no. that right now that was just that was just two i guess you could say veteran runners just kind of getting lost in a little jargon Um, But I just want to make it clear to all of our listeners out there and to anybody, especially our new runners, um, just completing a 10K is a hell of a feat. Um, And and two years ago, uh, I think I was running um, an hour and 10 minute 10K as well. So, you know, if you keep training, if you keep training and you keep putting in the work, you will get faster. But you got to start somewhere. We all have to start somewhere. Um, So so don't. Don't feel that if you're not close to that or you're not doing that now to be discouraged. You got to get out there and you got to put in the work because again, this man just ran 52 marathon, uh, half marathons in 52 weeks. So of course, 50 minute 10K is going to be easy for him when when you train that hard. So you put in the work, you get the results, and the bearded runner is an example. And 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 you know, and, and I'll always say this when I'm training people, and I train people at 20 stone, 25 stone. And they're the people who've got the biggest hearts and put the most energy in. And as long as they're going out and doing tap, do you know what I always say to people? And this is the easiest way because I, because I, if people ask me my times, I sort of tell them just so that I can show them where I've come from and where I'm going and that they can do it. So it's not a vanity thing. But what I say to people, uh, they, they'll ask me about times. I say, running, running is sanity and times are vanity. Okay, I like that. that. I like that. I like that. And 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 I say I say to people, you know, a mile in anyone's shoes is a mile, and a mile from someone who doesn't normally run is a harder mile than than all the top athletes because it, it comes easy to them. It comes easy to all the top athletes. You know, I'll give you a typical example. Dan Lawson ran out with me the other day for eight miles, and it was his day off. And I said, oh. He, he said, we'll have, a, we'll, have a, we'll have a slow one. I said, what class is a slow one? He said, oh, we'll do seven-minute miles. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. I was literally, because I'd run the, the night before, done seven miles the night before, my legs were dropping off. But I will tell everyone in, in, in my experience of running now, if you get out there, it very, very quickly turns in your favour. So when you're struggling and you keep persisting with your running, it comes really, really fast. And, and, uh, and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's an old saying. It's an old adage. And, and I truly believe that. 
And I, what I'm going to tell you, it's quite interesting. Since I've started training for the Lands Enter John O'Groats, the 32 marathons, I've realised I wasn't that fit running 52 half marathons. And now I've gone to the next level of training where nutrition's important, sleep's important, hydration's important. They're all the main elements of running. Running is putting your feet in front of each other. But you, as long as you allow yourself to recover for the next run, you will grow as a person and grow as a runner. And, and you know what? I've seen people now, for instance, I've got a friend who's, she didn't start running until she was 50. She's just completed 150 marathons. Wow. You know, and these are people around me that message me and say, you're the inspiration why we run. And for me, that gives me every, every tool, every thing I need to go out there. But, you know, regarding training, you know, people, as long as you're getting out there and enjoying it and you're not, you're not trying to overtrain, everything just takes care of itself. You know, don't get me wrong. If I'll give you a typical example of a training routine. If you want to run a 5K faster and you go out every night and you run a 5K, you will only knock tiny little bits off that 5K, purely and simply because you are not running in what's called oxygen starvation. So if you, for instance, go out on a 5K and you run, you know, 2K faster and then 1K slower and then 2K, you will start to pick up your, your pace. Your pace will start coming down and your personal best will start coming down. The difficult, you know, once you get past, once you go to a marathon and you run a marathon, you can normally run an ultra marathon. But when you start racing a marathon, that's when your whole level of fitness goes into a different, you know, you've got to train different, you've got to look after yourself different. And this is what I realised because I was a runner, but when you get into it, you can, you start working out how to train. We do a lot of, uh, I know you asked about training. We do a lot of pyramid training. So, which is quite interest. So it's about, um, it's about bringing your, bringing your resting heart level up to your peak and then how, how fast it drops down. That is, that is fitness. That's all fitness is, is where your resting heart rate is and where it goes to and how fast it drops down. And, and, and pyramid training is really good for that. And, and we tend to do a lot of that. Uh, and what happens there is it, it, it allows you to not be doing massive miles. And it also gives you a different type of training. Absolutely. So there's loads of different things. So for, for anybody out there who, who again, might be new to running and might've had trouble um, following some of that, um, I'm going to break that down for you a little bit and, and tell you that an, an easy way to understand a little bit of that is he told you that if you want to get faster, focus on your VO2 max. If you never heard of that, Google it. Um, if you have a Garmin or if you have a, a Koros or whatever fitness watch you have, most likely it'll say whatever your VO2 max is um, in, in right inside of your app. So that's pretty much what he told you is to work on VO2 max training and get your heart rate going. Um, and then you'll get faster. Um, but as we get into, uh, as we, as we near the end of the episode here, 
Um, I know that we, we have all these crazy challenges, all these things you've done and all these things you have going on coming up. Um, so for all of our listeners out there who want to follow your training and they want to follow everything when it comes up in September, um, for anybody out there who just wants to know the bearded runner and for anybody who just wants to put a beard um, to the voice who's listening out there, why don't you go ahead and take the next minute or so to go ahead and plug yourself um, through all your social media platforms and how all of our listeners can find you and follow you. So, so I am, um, I'm on Instagram as um, the bearded runner UK. Um, I'm on Facebook as the bearded runner. Uh, uh, so anyone that wants to come on to my page, it's www.thebeardedrunner.co.uk. Um, I'm obviously on your group now. Uh, you can find him on there as uh, Henry Henry Ainsley. Um, you yes, can find Henry him. Ainsley, you yes. can find him in there. He he's one of our active. He definitely posts actively, um, which which we absolutely love. We definitely encourage. So a lot of motivation right there in the group. Um, but yeah, go ahead, continue. And and and, and you know what? On on this as well. Um, on this as well is if anyone's if anyone's struggling with the training or wants any advice, I'm open. You know, anyone can message me. You know, I'm not an elite athlete. I'm I'm the same as everyone else. You know, um, I had an interesting thing last week, and someone said they I'm going to cut you off, brother. I'm going to tell you, you are elite. You might not call yourself elite, brother, but when you hear when anybody listening can hear the stuff you've done and the stuff you're doing. Um, and I'm not just saying this because of the cause that you're doing it for the, the stuff that you're doing. That is, that is elite. That is elite brother. Don't sell yourself short. But I think what I'm trying to say is I'm accessible to anyone. You know, if anyone wants to message me, if anyone wants any advice, anyone wants to speak to me, you know, I'm always here to, 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 to answer questions and, and, and give advice and, you know, go through the mistakes I make because I make loads of mistakes and, I learn from them, but I also learn from the people around me, my peers, people, you know, people who just started running, they might have a different technique. They might be doing something different that I'm not doing. And, you know, I'm not harnessed with who, you know, I've not got any attitude. I, I'm just, I'm just a lad trying to make a difference and uh, getting out there and, and running. Absolutely. And, and I can, I can agree with that. And I can, I can confirm that a hundred percent. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll 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 definitely we'll, we'll we'll meet in the middle. We'll say we'll agree that you are elite, but you are not above where you came from, who you are, and you're definitely no. you're, you're you know where you're at, and you're still continuing to spread the message. And again, I want to confirm I can agree that he is very very open. Um, he is very responsive, and and you know he 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 doesn't just talk the talk. He he walks the walk. Um, because the minute he was in the group again. I reached out to him. He wasn't just out there just trying to, you know, talk and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I reached out to him and I said, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast and share your story? And he said, hell yeah, let's go. Um, and, and here we are. It wasn't just, it wasn't just talk and it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just hearsay. Like here we are, we made shit happen. You've only been in the group, I think a week or two and we're already here. And I'm so happy. This was this was so cool. Like I said, our first international episode. So that was, that was super awesome. Um, I, I can't wait. To, I, I have, I want to come out to England. I want to come to London because I want to come to a premier league game. I want to go to a Chelsea game. I'm a huge Chelsea supporter. Uh, it, it's funny. I actually had this here. I got to go drop this off to a buddy of mine. I actually held this um, close enough to pick up and just show you on camera. 
Um, but right now I'm showing you a Christian Pulisic jersey. It's a brand oh. new Chelsea blue. Um, <laughs> re really quick, cool thing about him, though, and I'll, I'll plug this while we're on. He's actually from Pennsylvania. He's actually from – he grew up and all of his, uh, his league, his uh, high school club soccer was all about an hour and a half away from where I live and where I grew up. So hearing him as a 15 and 14, 15 year old, man, they already knew this kid was going, they already knew he was going pro. It was unbelievable. And now he gets to represent the national team. And then when he got transferred to my favorite team, that was just awesome. So I want to come out to London. I want to go to a game. We got to run together. Um, I can't wait to be out there with the bearded runner. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, I what, 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 um, on a, on a parting note, um, I want, I've never been to America and I, I, I want, I want to, um, in memory of my brother, my brother always wanted to go to New York. I, I want to come over and run the New York Marathon uh, in his memory. So I want to come let's out and see let's you. Let's make guys. it happen. Let's make that happen because I want to run the New York Marathon as well. So let's let's make this happen. We're saying it on here. You and I are both huge on accountability. So if we're saying it here, that means we have to make it happen. Um, there are multiple ways to do it. We can either qualify with time or we can raise money, which – both of us are, we run for great causes. I have no doubt that either one of us can raise the minimum to, to run the, the New York marathon. Um, it'll be a really, really cool way to meet. Um, so yeah, like I said, accountability, we said it here. We're going to make it happen, brother. New York marathon. It's going to happen. Yes, it's brother. Happen. Hey, but it was so much fun having you on here on the show. I forgot to prep you on this. this is two guests in a row. I forgot to prep on this. Um, so I always close out the show in a really cool way. Um, I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff out there. And then at the end, I'm going to say, tell me how you're doing it. And you say one day at a time, just like the name of the show. All right. So here we go. Uh, again, thank you so much for being on the show, Henry. It was a pleasure. It was a blast. It was so fun getting in our first episode um, from someone not in the United States. We're touching bases. We're reaching out all over the world. Um, to that neighbor out there, you said he wanted him to get known. Well, he's known. He's international because we heard about him here in Pennsylvania. We got him here in a podcast in the United States. We're going to get him over here to New York to run the New York City Marathon. The bearded runner is making moves. He's doing great things for great causes, suicide awareness. Um, they, they couldn't have a better advocate for their cause out there. Um, to all of our listeners out there, um, continue following Henry's story. He's absolutely amazing. He's so fun. This guy hasn't stopped smiling since I've had him on camera. Um, all of our listeners out there, um, continue staying fit or uh, continue staying healthy, continue staying fit. And Henry, tell us how you're doing it, brother. One day at a time, fella. M my man. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the episode today. It was a pleasure to have you all the way in from England, Henry. Thank you. For all of our listeners out there, if you yourself identify as an alcoholic, drug addict, or struggle with mental health issues, and you would like to reach out into Staying Fit ODAAT on Facebook and join the community and see all of the stories of experience, strength, and hope, as well as everybody's next fitness goals, then please come check us out. If you do not identify, but you liked what you hear and you just want to follow what's going on and all the activities we have coming up, then please check us out on Instagram at stayingfitodaat, all one word. If you like what we have going on and you want to support the cause, you can definitely reach out to stayingfitodaat at gmail.com. 
and find out how you can get involved. If you have any questions, concerns, feedback, or you just want to chat, then you can also reach out to that email. Until next time, just know that you're loved. Keep staying healthy. Keep staying fit. And please keep doing it one day at a time.